0: Welcome to Career Tools. Today's show, getting started with LinkedIn, part two. Here we go. What about education? There certainly is space to put education there. Is that important when we talk about our LinkedIn profile?
1: sure, right? I mean, uh, of course. This is, this is the equivalent of a, a curriculum vitae, a CV, a resume, the equivalent, a different equivalent, right? There is space. Now, we want you to be judicious. You have to be reasonably complete. Um, you don't need to add in your elementary school. You don't need to add in your high school or your preparatory school. I did have one guy once that that he was thirty and he wanted to include Andover, which is a very elite, very difficult, very impressive preparatory school in the United States. It would be relatively equivalent to Eton. And please, those of you those of you Brits who know Andover and Eton, don't don't. Don't send me nasty notes. And there is a point at which you have to take that off. And, and look, if you're a 22-year-old just getting out of college, you don't need to include your high school, okay? It doesn't, it doesn't make that much difference. Uh, If you went to Andover and then went on to Harvard, then saying Harvard is enough. If you went to Andover and then went to Slippery Rock State, no offense, Slippery Rock State folks, I had a real good time when I played volleyball there years and years and years ago, but um, then people would wonder what happened. And so there's no need to put, put high school or elementary school. On the other hand, if you're just out of college, you can include that space to include more details about the courses you took, activities, you know, if you're in a fraternity or sorority for part of the Greek system in the US, uh, extracurricular activities or community service, that kind of stuff you did. Early in our careers, we have a little bit more space than that because on a resume, we have a one-page document and you can't fill it up, generally speaking, unless you worked all the way through college, which, by the way, is a good thing. Those give us evidence of other skills. So you could include that if you're a a younger person on LinkedIn.
0: But you got to go back and, you know, several years later, you have to go back and modify that because at some point... You got to take that off, right? I mean,
1: (laughs) yeah, look, five or eight years, let's say out of college, right? So you're 25 or 30 years old, right? You go down to just the title of your degree, um, because at that point, your work-based accomplishments should supersede your extracurricular accomplishments in college. Now, there's some judgment there based on the number of jobs you've had in that time, your accomplishments within them. The general rule of thumb is if you're questioning whether or not to remove that detail, go ahead and remove it. Because when you look at a using the resume example, if you took that, those details out and suddenly you have more room on your resume, that motivates you to fill up that room with accomplishments. Whereas we found people that leave it in, they say, no, I'm not really sure, so I'm going to go ahead and leave it in. What ends up happening is... They end up not realizing, not digging, and they only have a couple of a conference and a couple of their most recent jobs, and it comes across as a resume that's trying to oversell something five seven, eight years ago
0: right There are other sections in on LinkedIn as well. Any notes there we need to consider?
1: Yeah, um there's a whole number of them uh, there are applications you can add and you know your your profile technically isn't complete without them. Apart from the other things we're going to suggest in the rest of this cast, you don't need to add any more information other than your professional, your, your work experience and your education. Now, look, if you use, more, use it more regularly, you're going to decide that maybe some other parts might work more for you and also for your peers and other people who are, who are searching for you. But a fully used profile where you use every single part of what LinkedIn recommends, right, looks cluttered and it's a mistake. And don't let LinkedIn drive you to be a LinkedIn power user at the expense of connecting with people the way you want to use the way you want to connect with them. So go ahead and fill out your education, fill out your, your work history, fill out your summary statement if you feel that's a good one, if you if you really believe you can put together a good one, and then stop there.
0: Yeah. Then it's important to see how the profile is going to look to others who are viewing it. So go to your profile and then view my profile. You need to do that to check out what others are seeing. You got to make sure you don't have typos, information makes sense in a way that LinkedIn displays it. You know, take that extra step and look at your profile the way others
1: are going to see it. Yeah. The classic example is unemployed may be accurate, but does it give the right impression? And the answer is no. No. Yeah.
0: How about photos? Are those, are those necessary? I-
1: no, no. And this is where LinkedIn, LinkedIn wants your photo up there, sure, because it makes it feel more personal and human beings are biologically wired to look for faces. I admit I have my photo up there, but it's the photo I use in the forums and it's a picture of me standing on, I think, the 8th hole at Spanish Bay out of Pebble Beach. And it's a very small picture. It's not my face. I don't particularly like passport photos. You know, in the UK and in the US, generally speaking... Photos are unusual on resumes, very unusual, and frankly viewed as giving a negative message about the candidate by recruiters. It stands out, but it's not in a good way because it says... I want you to know how good I look in order to hire me. Or I want to make clear something that might not be clear on the resume. In other words, I might be a minority. In other words, you should hire me because I'm a minority. Or I want you to know I'm a white male, which is also in a similar vein, not good. We're going to hire you based not on how you look, but on how good you are. Or people put their picture on there because they think it's cute or clever. Well, cute or clever is not what you're gunning for in your professional presentation to the world in Europe not UK but in the rest of Europe photos are much more common and in fact people you know they, they get what amount to professional glamour shots done and the picture is designed to make you look good and we're not saying there's there's anything wrong with that everything you know every part of the world is different and that's okay we see the the, the space for photos as showing links in LinkedIn's relationship to other social networking sites where photos of individuals and events really are a big part of it. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm routinely around people who say, "Oh, I'm taking Facebook photos." Like, oh, okay, great. You're totally okay not putting a photo up if you have a professionally taken photograph and it presents you well, and you want to put it up. Okay, you know, headshots do work best. But look, don't put a photo of you on your sofa or crop a photo of you on your sofa. In fact, somebody said to me once, I don't know why this person's photo doesn't look good. It wasn't on LinkedIn, it wasn't another, another job board-like thing. And what it was was a picture of this person who this particular person thought she looked very sharp and professional and so on, she had a big smile on her face, very candid shot. And and when you looked at it, you couldn't quite figure out what was wrong with it. Well, what was wrong with it was, she had taken a picture sitting in a chair with her head kind of turned, and then because her head was turned and because of gravity, when she cropped the photo and then rotated it vertically, The photo looked off. And the reason it looked off was because the picture wasn't vertical. Her head was actually candid in the picture. So her her hair was flying away from her head. Yeah, the hair was a little bit different. But here's what happens. If you want the science behind it, human brains are wired to look at faces. And in fact, there's a lot of studies about human faces and symmetry. Faces that are very, very symmetrical. Attract other people more. They are per- perceived as, as generally better on most criteria. And so this person's face on her picture was not unattractive. It was simply unappealing in a sort of basal way to most human brains because it didn't look symmetrical. It wasn't that she didn't have a symmetrical face, it was that it was a picture taken with her head cocked at an angle and then turned to be. Vertical. Immediately people knew who it was and said, I'm not really sure what I don't like about that picture, but I know I don't like it. And people who didn't know her wouldn't say that. They would, but they would definitely get that impression. So look, if you're asking me, if you said, Mark, you don't know anything about me, yes or no, do I need a picture? Do I should I put a picture? My answer is no. Don't. Okay? It's easy. You reduce a potential weakness. If you are gonna get a picture, test it out with a few of your friends and ask them, does this Present me professionally. And if you're under the age of 28 and you're a Facebook aficionado, don't ask a bunch of other friends who are under the age of 28, does this picture make me appear professional? Because no offense, look, we, we love our younger members, but they don't know. Okay. On the other hand, don't ask your 55-year-old mom or dad. Okay. Well, right. And I, I would say that to my kids as well. Don't ask me. Ask somebody else, somebody who's maybe not your boss necessarily, but somebody else in a, in a, a position of respect or authority rather than your friends who, again, who would would use, hey, that's a digital picture that's going to go on a social networking site, even if it's professional. So it's something like Facebook would probably be okay. Not yeah. so
0: much. It, the general rule is, ask somebody who's in the position that is who's got what you want, right? Yeah. Communication is what the listener does to quote a a revered uh, person I know. Yeah. Okay. So the next step obviously is to start connecting, right? With people you know.
1: Yeah. The whole point of this is not just to throw a resume out there, right? But the whole point is to connect with other people. Now, There are several ways to connect with people on LinkedIn. Find find the search box and type in the name of somebody on your team. It's going to give you a list with abbreviated information about each of of the people, right? If you can find the right person on on the list, go ahead and click their name, and you're going to get a page with their public profile, and it's going to give you several options. You simply choose the add so-and-so to your network and it's going to create a form email that you can send out. It says, hey, I, I, I'm associated with this person in this way. We went to school together or we worked together. We're a colleague or he was a customer or whatever. And it's a standard one. I'd like to add you to my network on LinkedIn. Or you could change that and say, hey, hey, Mark, hey, Mike, good to know you. Uh, or, you know, Been a big fan of manager tools. We get those a lot. Uh, you can change it any way you want. Now, look, for your closest associates, you don't need to do that, right? Now, if you're meeting somebody during a training and they don't remember you, you might, or you wouldn't expect them to remember, you could say, hey, we met at a training in New York or in Chicago or in Chattanooga or something like that. Or you met them in Starbucks. Hey, we just met at Starbucks the other day. I wanted to add you to my, my LinkedIn uh, network. For those people, changing the message to let them know when you met them and a comment about your conversation is both helpful and it turns it into what you would normally do socially in order to build your network right? Now, look, we want you to connect with other people, okay? It's, it's a good thing to connect with other people. But frankly, there are two dangers to connecting with people. One is you get overexcited and you think that you should connect with as many people as possible. And frankly, we don't recommend that. Uh, in fact, LinkedIn says don't, don't just connect with people you don't know, because there's actually a word of warning here. If you send three invitations and each of the recipients say they don't know you, Right? Now, there's choices between I don't want to connect and I don't know this person. Right, And by the way, if you don't want to connect, you would just ignore their repeated requests. But if they actually click the button and say I don't know you, you're going to be temporarily, and in fact, in some cases, permanently banned from LinkedIn. Um, this is their way of reducing people that simply overdo it and just want to make it a numbers game. A numbers game is, would not be considered a professional way to interact, a professional way connect, a professional ne- way to build your network. So therefore, LinkedIn has put this in place to keep it from being, let, let's see. I think, who was it? Ashton Kutcher, I think the, the actor said, I'm going to have a million people follow me on Twitter and I can get there faster than CNN or something. And I think, in fact, he won. Yeah, I think so. And that's the more social rather than the professional side of digital life.
0: Right. So start connecting with folks you know already, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, your team, your customers, people in your business that you know, your friends, each person you connect to, then connected to other people. And this gives more people access to your details. Even if you don't want to use LinkedIn to find other people, a wider network helps you be found. You may not want that right now, but you don't want to all of a sudden be trying to build your network overnight if you are laid off or if you suddenly decided my boss is not who I want him to be or you know I really need to change jobs or I need to move for a family situation or something like that. You want it to be built over time so that people don't think, oh, he's just building in order to benefit right at this particular moment.
0: Yeah. And, and connecting with folks that are most important to you, to your friends, to your associates, people you've worked with is really powerful because then LinkedIn uses that information to recommend to you other folks that you may know based upon your first level associations. And this I found terribly powerful. This is where I found all the friends and associates who I liked, who I generally want to keep in touch with, did a poor job of it. And this is really where I got reconnected with just a bunch of great people. So start with those who are closest to you. And their friends are the people you probably associate with as well.
1: Yeah, in fact, that's how I think the reason I was connected to Steve Boston, who I'm thrilled to be connected to, was because LinkedIn recommended him. And I don't actually know what the connection was. I, I probably could figure it out. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I was like, oh, my God, Steve Boston. And, in fact, I sent the same note to Steve Boston that I did to Tommy Gerard, which is not the Steve Boston. So uh, I really like that. And, and, frankly, we would never have been connected. Without that. And I would argue we probably wouldn't have been connected because of Facebook either, just because I'm not an active user. Steve may be. You know, there are people who have written me and said, I can't believe you're not on Facebook because your kids are on Facebook. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. And I would certainly say for parents, being on Facebook to be able to monitor your kids is a great thing to do. And yet, I trust my kids and I don't want to be on Facebook. So once
0: you've connected with your friends and associates and people you work with, you know, those closest to you, then the key is as you go forward, from this point forward, now you connect with new folks you meet, right? Your new customers, your new friends, people you meet in training, people you meet at conferences, right? Collect their information and link to them as you have an opportunity, as you've developed a reason to connect. The Career Tools rule of networking is that you're never going to know who might be able to help when, who might be able to help you and who you might be able to help. So connect them to your network now.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting the way you put that. the people who who might be able to help you and whom you might be able to help. Whom you might be able to help ends up being the people who end up helping you. Somebody said to me once at a conference, if you ever wanted a job, you could have one. I said, I I already have one. (laughs) I'm really (laughs) quite, quite content, thank you. I never intend to change. But what was interesting was they saw it as they were making the comment that because we've helped a lot of people, there will be people motivated to help us. And it occurred to me later, aha, yeah, he's absolutely right. And and frankly, what do we talk about when in our, in our Building Your Network cast? Give first and then get. Don't go around trying to get stuff. As my dad said, you know, you, you can take more than you give, you know, until they run you out of town. So, yeah, you can give first and being connected to somebody. Now, look, if you're somebody who says, I don't want to be connected because I'm afraid people ask me for advice or, or for help or whatever. Fine. Just don't expect those people ever to do anything for you. The world is karmic in that way, and it should be. Now, look, there are other ways to make connections on LinkedIn other than just, you know, sending out a, a, a requests and, and, and then getting requests back and so on. But initially, that's all you need to do, and it's that simple. The next time you log in, your homepage is going to be full of updates. There are going to be changes that your contacts have made. I, I'm pretty sure I'm getting weekly updates, LinkedIn updates, which is very helpful to me. I see people who have changed jobs, and so I send them a quick note. Hey, you changed jobs. Good luck. Let us know if we can help. And, and I, I ought to be sending, and I've just been so busy I haven't. Here are a couple of casts that might help you because you've changed jobs, right? We have a cast, if nothing else, on you know your first day on the jobs and things you need to do new contacts they've made, your contacts made with other people, groups they've joined, status updates. And it just reminds you, it takes somebody out of the thousand people you know and puts them in front of you for five seconds. Now, if you're busy, you'll probably ignore it. But if you have a moment, you can connect with them briefly, Had hey, good luck, best wishes, whatever. Those kinds of brief, not cold not hot, maybe cool or warm connections to people make it much easier for you to reach out to them later or to help them when, when they need some help.
0: Yep. I'm talking about other ways of, of getting connected with folks, how about the contact settings? Any, any advice there?
1: Yeah, look, on your profile, you have the ability to change your contact settings, right? Allowing other people to send you different types of mail. Uh, at least initially, we recommend you allow all types, right? W- the point of this is we're trying to allow other people to find us, right? You can also let people know what kind of opportunities you're open to. This is, again, this is in contact settings. If you're absolutely not looking for a new role, uncheck the career opportunities box. Now you don't have any concern that your boss is going to think you're leaving you when in fact you're just being proactive about your career. Now look, we actually think it would be reasonable for you to put down career opportunities, even though you're very happy in your job, because in the last 30 years, companies have given up their motivation to, to manage uh, individual careers, right? It's like the the free agent rule. We're all much more free agents than we used to be, thanks to Kurt Flood. On the other hand, there are some companies, you know, I'm you know my experience at Procter & Gamble, Procter & Gamble only from, promotes from within. And so, it, it's appropriate at some companies to say, no, I'm not open to it. And yet, you're still gonna get them even if you're not open to it. So the danger is if you check career opportunities, your boss might have an issue with it. We think your boss is overreacting in 95% of the cases. That said, you will still get requests for career opportunities even if the box is unchecked, so it's safer to leave it unchecked. So you know, let's say this about bosses. LinkedIn is about professionally managing your career and your network. It's not about looking for a new role. If you're asked, you can say the two sentences I just said with clarity, with calmness, and with total truth. It's about professionally managing my career my network. It's not about me looking for a new role. Now, your boss may not believe you, but that's no reason not to be professionally managing your career and your network. Okay? Our general guidance is bosses have probably too much power, and unfortunately, there are some bosses who abuse that power, and so our recommendation is to leave it unchecked, unless, in fact, you really are and you're willing to, to risk it. Now, that said, you're going to receive invitations from other people who want to connect with you. There are several ways of looking at this. You may wish to decide that you'll connect with anybody who asks. I think Mike and I generally have a feeling that people want to connect with us, particularly if they say they're Manager Tools fans or Career Tools fans, then, then, of course, we're going to say sure. Maybe, you though, you choose to connect only with people you know personally. You might choose somewhere in between that or you're going to change over time. I think in the beginning, I only chose people I knew well and then I realized with our jobs, we didn't have a choice. People were going to want to connect with us and so we connected, I connected more broadly. There's no official right or wrong answer. The short answer is the wider your network, the more useful it is to you. But again, go back. Don't go out requesting to connect to people that you don't know or don't know you because you get three of those, they can kick you off.
0: Yeah, and then the value of the number of folks you've connected with is based upon what you do with that information, right? So once you're once you're on and you're connected, then what do you do next? Because that's really where this stuff becomes valuable. There's there's not a whole, I guess there's some value, but if you have 10,000 people connected to LinkedIn, yet you never communicate with any of them, you never see their status updates because there's so many, well, then why do it? So it's important. Be connected. Now you got to do some some things to be effective with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're right. It's important to be connected. That's the start of it, and that's that's one of those core rules that comes out of my company is not managing my career anymore. I have to manage my own career. And for you younger folks, you might be thinking, why do they keep saying that? My company is not managing my career. Well, because we have people who are listening to us who are over 40, and when they started their careers, their companies were managing their careers. That's how it worked, and it has since changed. And so you need to understand that when you're talking to somebody who's 50 who might be a mentor to you, when they say something that seems a little anachronistic, and it's because they're still laboring under the old rule that their company is managing their career. And quite frankly, at fairly senior levels, there are still people who believe that. So, all right. Look, what you do next, once you've got your basics set up and you've got your contact settings set up and you've reached out to those people around you that you want to basically core build your network with, uh, it depends really on your career goals. If you're happy in your current role, it's an excellent, LinkedIn is an excellent way of keeping in touch with your network and then, of course, building your network as well. Check in once a week, see what other people in your industry and your specialty are, are talking about. Send a congratulatory note, as I mentioned, you know, when somebody changes roles. Basically, what you're doing is at a background level, at a low level, you're paying attention, you're keeping track of things.
0: All right, but you're, you're not suggesting simply keeping track of things and watching your email and looking at your updates. You mentioned actually communicating, reaching out. There's a big difference from being a lurker and being an active participant with your contacts.
1: Yeah, look, if, you, if you're if you currently looking for a new role, you use it to get in touch with people who might be able to help, right? But we're not just saying just watch. If somebody changes, send them a quick note. You can send it on LinkedIn or you can send them an email, right? And, and it doesn't have to be anything more than two sentences. Uh, I had a client recently uh, that we have done a lot of work with and we've been trying to get back to to do some more work with them. and it's just a functional logistics, a lot of change in his industry right now. And he and I talked a couple of times, but he he sent me a a funny picture, a picture of the map of the United States with Texas taking up two-thirds of the map. And, you know, my kids were all born and or raised in Texas uh, to some degree, but it was just funny. And, And it absolutely came out of the fact that he was thinking about me at a time when he saw that and the chance that he's thinking about me is directly a result of something else that happened and if you're connect if you're being reminded of those people who are on linkedin with you what you end up doing is keeping the relationship warm for those moments when you need it to be hot. Uh, I've said to gr- groups before when I'm asked to speak about careers, the danger of a career is, is needing, peop- needing a relationship to be hot. In other words, valuable and recommending you or creating an interview for you. The danger is wanting it to be hot when in fact it's cold. Going from cold to hot is almost impossible. Going from cold to warm is easy, and going from warm to hot is easy, but going from cold to hot is really, really hard. There's an old joke about, you know, you can't cross a chasm in two leaps, right? So this gives you a chance to keep all those relationships warm. Now, some people would argue, no, my definition of warm is having people over for dinner. Great. That's fine. And to, in today's professional world, a warm relationship is one where you send a couple of notes throughout the year and they're reminded about how you're doing. As we, it, just like as we said in our building, ne- building your network cast, right? It's a matter of reaching out periodically and saying hello. And LinkedIn makes it easy. It reminds you of people to do it with. And in fact, in some cases, it can supersede your, your control shift K and outlook, you know, stay in touch with job, Bob, stay in touch with Jane. Okay, going back to my point earlier, if you're currently looking for a new role, right, you don't necessarily have to change your status to looking for a new job or or unemployed, but you can send a note to somebody and say, hey, I'm looking into company X or this other industry. Do you know somebody who might be willing to talk to me about that? Okay. Don't say I'm looking for a job. Can you get me an interview? Say, hey, I'm looking into getting into this particular company or this particular industry, or I'm open to new opportunities in marketing. Do you know somebody who might be willing to talk to me about those, right? Also, this is where it's really helpful. Up until now, people's network included, since most people think the definition of including, of keeping up on the network is, the name and an email address and a phone number and perhaps their job title, right? Now, LinkedIn gives us a lot more depth and detail to people. You you have career details about them. So you can look up career details about people who might, you might not know their background well enough and suddenly realize, you know, they're just a friend of yours, you play softball with them, but suddenly realize, wow, this person is a marketer and is at a big company that might actually be able to help me and they have clients with firms I'm really interested in. Or
0: somebody in your network does does not have any direct knowledge of company X or Y industry that you're interested in, but they have somebody in their network who has that information. So that might be one person who you might want to send that
1: brief email to. Right. In addition, there might be career details and background about your recruiter or about the interviewer you're going to interview ah, with. Yeah. Good point. Geez. Why wouldn't you look? I mean, why wouldn't you look? Yeah. Yeah. Now look, There's more. There's actually four more sections about LinkedIn that you might come across and we want to talk about those here in just a second. But first though, something we're going to to mention, we'd be totally wrong if we didn't mention it. We have a recommendation about keeping your resume current once a quarter because your resume really needs to be your core career history document, right? 30 minutes once a quarter at the end of a day schedule it recurringly and you basically go back through and look at look at your last quarter and say what have I done what bullets can I add to my resume what accomplishments can I add what courses have I completed and so on it adds to your core document it may not go on the resume you send to every company that you send your resume out to when you're looking but it you need to remember you need to catch it then and once a quarter half an hour is not that much you know you, you can have you can have a, a soda at your desk at five o'clock or six o'clock or seven o'clock at night and do a quick update on your resume and then make sure you print it out and you don't just keep it digitally at work. There's an equivalent rule on LinkedIn as well. Every six months, not every three months, but every six months, schedule 15 minutes to update your profile. Now, it's much easier if you've once a quarter updated your resume, right? But the fact is, uh, after six months, you may have old data there, and so you wanna take a look and make sure it's fresh. We don't recommend going over everything when you really, really need it. Again, that's like taking your, your LinkedIn profile from cold to hot, right? Oh my gosh, I'm looking for a job, and so now I've got to make it deeper and better and so on, and you make mistakes and you regret it. So every six months, check in with your own profile, it's 15 minutes, read it over, make sure it's current, make sure it shows you in the best possible light, ask yourself this is an accurate representation, an accurate picture of you, and if you don't do this, you're gonna have to do that when you're in a rush And you won't miss doing this until you need to be ready in a hurry. And then you're going to be frustrated. And we don't want that. Exactly.
0: Okay. So let's talk about some of those other areas within LinkedIn recommendations. We got to talk about recommendations. That's a big piece of it.
1: Yeah. Um, once you have some connections, you're, you may receive requests for recommendations for other people. In other words, it's like a, a professional testimonial, if you will. LinkedIn will encourage you to ask others for recommendations for your previous roles. I, you know, I think you and I have some recommendations for our, our, our work at Manager Tools, right? Right. Generally, we believe in karma as it relates to careers, doing good things and having good things come back to you. So if you're able to be truthful and speak to somebody's good points, then please provide a recommendation many people will return your generosity by recommending you. Now, in my experience, those of us who are older, 45, 40 and older, you set a higher standard on recommending somebody than the digital world today does. So again, if you're older and your first thought is, well, I didn't work with them that much, you might not choose to recommend them. In fact, we find that The standard you have to get over is lower, and and so you might be willing to say something that's not effusive and the best guy I've ever worked with, and yet is generally positive and truthful as well. One of the nicest things to do is just recommend somebody you respect without asking for a recommendation in return. In fact, I get requests periodically from people, Mark, would you please recommend me? I've recommended you. And I, I generally shy away from those. Because just because somebody's a member of Manager Tools doesn't mean I know their work and can recommend them any more than... Uh, it seems somewhat selfish of me to say he's a Manager Tools member or a Career Tools listener and so therefore I should recommend him. But look, do it free of expecting something in return. If they're doing it because you expect something in return, it, it tends to take away the karmic benefit a little bit. So many people will recommend you in return, but if even if they don't, then you've done your one kind thing for that week anyway. And look, a recommendation isn't necessarily going to sway a recruiter or a hiring manager as much as you might like. But looking at recommendations made about you might give an interesting insight into what other people value about you. And a recruiter seeing that might think, wow, there are a lot of people who think really, really highly of this person. And that's a good thing. Yeah,
0: definitely. Now, there are like a thousand groups or thousands of groups in LinkedIn. Do you recommend Participate? Yeah,
1: sure. Those, yeah. We, we, we can't not recommend them because we have them, right? <laughs> there you go. Well, we only recommend you participate in one, which would be the manager. Yeah, right. Group, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> right. Um, joining groups, you know, essentially gives you access to even more people on LinkedIn and, and, of course, gives them more access to you as well. There are groups for companies, for alumni of universities, and groups just for networking that help you expand your network. So initially, you may want to find a couple of well-populated groups in your specialty. Nothing wrong with that. You could learn professionally about stuff. And again, it's fairly passive learning. If you join a group, you're going to see all kinds of chatter about all kinds of things you probably didn't know about that are beyond what's in the journal or your local paper or Fortune or The Economist or what have you. Now, there are lots of groups with only a few members in them, and that kind of defeats the purpose of the exercise. But, but nonetheless, go look for groups, and you'll probably find some that will be of value to you. We do have a group. Uh, there are alumni groups for a couple of our conferences. But anybody can join a group. Recruiters are in lots of groups. And salespeople are in a lot of groups. And unfortunately, sometimes there are a lot of people who you don't want to be in a group in there. And all they do is kind of spam spam the group.
0: Yeah. Recruiters, salespeople, you know, general undesirables.
1: No, no, no. Look, we want recruiters and salespeople in there. Although we generally don't want people, look, don't join a group just in order to say, hey, here, you know, here's what I'm looking for. Essentially, you're leveraging the group by trying to take away from it. And that's not, we don't recommend that. Yeah, people do it. People say there's no rule against it. Fine. And we believe in being a professional, which is different than just being selfish. Sometimes, you're going to find that groups don't fit your needs. You join them and you realize they're not. Then unjoin, right? There's going to be some trial and error for you, and that's okay. You're not wrong if you're finding it's trial and error.
0: How about questions and answers, right? There's, there's opportunities in, in sections within LinkedIn where you can ask questions of folks and you can provide answers. What, what about those areas?
1: Yeah, there are books and articles that talked about LinkedIn and say you need, it's part of building your brand, Okay, if you have some time and inclination, answering questions can be part of giving for your sort of career karma. But if you're in a job search, if you have a limited bank account, you need to get back to work, answering questions is not going to get you a job. Frankly, I don't care for it. I see too many answers that is somebody trying to build their brand, what happens is a book makes a recommendation, you can build your brand by answering questions. And then people say, oh, okay, I'll answer my questions. Now, look, there's a difference in logical syllogism between you can build your brand by answering questions and then saying, so I'll build my brand by answering questions. Or if I build, if I answer questions, I will build my brand. Look, the only way you'll build your brand is if you have good answers. And the fact is the vast (laughs) majority of answers I read are not good.
0: Well, no, you're going to Build your brand if you have bad answers too. It's
1: just yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to like yeah. Well, no, you'll 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 change your brand. You won't build it. You'll destroy it. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. It'll build in the wrong direction, which is uh, which is not what you want. Right? So we don't recommend questions and answers terribly much now. That said, if somebody puts a question up on LinkedIn and I feel like I can answer it, okay, fine. We assume that people understand that with my role and with Mike's role, it would be reasonable for us to answer a question about a career or about management or something, fine. But that doesn't mean everybody should do that. And I'm not gonna answer questions about engineering Right? Even though technically I'm an engineer, I'm amazed at the number of people on on technical forums that say, well, you could do this. Or somebody says, how do I do this in mail? And somebody says, well, you could switch to Mozilla. You could switch to Thunderbird because it's really better. Okay. Clearly you're excited about Thunderbird, but that doesn't really help this person. And yeah, I, you answered a question, but you didn't build any value to anybody.
0: Right. Well, that's the key, right? I mean, the focus isn't on building your brand. The focus should be on giving, right? of And providing yeah. value to folks. And if... If answering questions is the way that you can provide values to folk in your network and outside of your network, then great. Go for it. Do it. But that's, that's a long-term proposition. That's, that's a marathon. It's not a sprint. That brand, if you're good and you're providing value, yeah, you will build a brand, but it's going to take months, years. It's not something I'm out of a job and I need to go build my brand real quickly. Not going to work.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, And I'll tell you something else. If you're 25, I hate to be hate to in, inject ageism here, but if you're 25, the chances that you're going to have a really, really spot on answer to somebody to help them are small. Be cautious. Yeah. How about the job boards? Those useful? Yeah. We, we don't recommend relying on job boards as the only source of jobs or applications. People think that with the digital revolution, oh, I'll just go on Monster and I'll go on job boards and I'll get a job. No. Okay. Now, as part of a wider campaign, it's worth looking at the jobs that are available. The great thing about LinkedIn is if you click through on a job, it tells you who you know at that company and who else in your network might be interested, and this could help you make connections that you wouldn't make on your own. Nothing wrong with the job boards. If you're looking, it's fine, but if you think you're gonna put all your eggs in one basket, bad idea. So look, at its simplest, LinkedIn is your Rolodex on steroids. It's one method of publicizing your professional self and managing your network. There's a whole lot more you can do with it and we'll probably have more to say about it. But starting with your professional profile is essential and their advertisement says if you're not on, you're not in. So look, we recommend LinkedIn. Complete your profile. Don't see it as your resume. There are some different rules. Complete your employment history, your education. There's some other sections uh, that you don't necessarily need to spend a whole lot of time with, but you need to note. You don't need to put a photo up there, but if you're going to do it, make sure it's professional. It's a headshot is best because it's so small. Use it to connect with people. Make sure you got your contact settings right. Recommendations are good. Groups can be good. And we generally don't feel strongly about Q&A or job board, but there's nothing wrong with them inherently.
0: Excellent. Yeah. We just covered the the basics. There's a, a lot more to come on this.
1: Yes. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thanks
0: partner. Bye. Thanks everyone. That's it. We'll see y'all again next week. So long.